Good morning, everyone. Our um, readings uh, for today, our first one, um, Luke is recording uh, the beginnings of the church and the activities going on, and we know uh, what he's talking about is what we know as kerygma, uh, meaning the putting forth of the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, and salvation, and happiness, and abundance, as we hear in the gospel in this life, uh, as well as in the next. And uh, he's talking about conversion. Uh, he begins that statement with, you guys did this, you killed them. And then we hear their hearts are struck hard. I mean, they, they felt remorse. And then he said, but if you repent, and when we hear repent today, uh, it has this, this is a feel to it. But for them, they understood it as conversion. But if you change, you will get a gift. So it's funny, he starts with this really harsh, and it's the truth, and moves into the positive. And uh, he said, if you do this, uh, you'll have a gift of the Holy Spirit, and your life will be different now. And uh, um, Peter, in the second reading, uh, Peter has a message. In particular, in context, he is talking to slaves. Slaves are really treated harshly, uh, always. But uh, he said, you are good people, but there are those who are striking blows against you. So he's talking about the very wounds of Christ and um, how things can change. And, uh, but he also says how to react, how to respond uh, when people or society does something to you. And he said, walk in the ways of Jesus Christ. Walk in his ways. He's a man of peace and a man of love and a man of truth, absolutely. But he said, here is the way that you will respond. And in, even in this, even in those wounds, even in that brokenness and that hardship, uh, shall you walk in a new way. And uh, Jesus in the gospel is speaking to lots of people, but in particular, he has something to say to the religious authorities of his time. And uh, my friends, uh, I pictured myself being there when Jesus is talking, and when he says, you, the people who came before me are a bunch of thieves and robbers. And I'm like, yeah, Jesus, give it to them. <clears throat> but in my head, in my image, me being there, I can see Jesus turning his head and looking directly at me. You too. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my. Yes, yes, Lord, I have some things to work on. Um, so uh, we hear this, and last night I picked a particular phrase from the scriptures to talk about. I talked about abundancy of life, and I talked about the gate. 8.30, I talked about the shepherd, his voice, and what I had planned to do was talk about wounds, but I don't think the hom that piece of this weekend homily is ready. So I'm going to go back to my 8.30, uh, what I did for the 8.30 folks. And uh, so uh, this Sunday is World Day of Prayer for Vocations. So a Mother Church asked that everyone pray for more vocations to consecrated life, men and women, to the priesthood. Uh, we need this because uh, as we need good shepherds and leaders. Uh, it is also uh, what we call Good Shepherd Sunday. And... Uh, that image of the good shepherd, um, one of the things that is put forth in the gospel is that uh, the shepherd, um, the sheep, hear his voice and recognize it. And a while back, I was uh, with a friend in Arcadia, California, and there are ranchers there. And those ranchers, they raise sheep. And uh, they told me, in fact, sheep, they train their sheep, I think they call them calls. 
they do a certain call and the sheep listen. So even two shepherds at opposite ends that could make the different calls or what appears to us to be the same, the sheep recognize they will not go into the other rancher's territory, even if that shepherd is calling. Uh, so it kind of backed up kind of what Jesus is putting forth, that um, they hear my voice and they recognize it and they will follow me. Uh, they will not listen to the others. Uh, but um, in Jesus' time, uh, they didn't brand their sheeps the way they do now. And um, what, they, what he's putting forth is the shepherd will make his call and people will follow or the sheep will follow. Now he's talking about us. The challenge facing the, the disciples of Jesus today is to listen to the master's voice to recognize it in the middle of very competing voices and sounds up to date. And there are many, uh, many, many voices today demanding your attention, demanding that you assent to what they are telling you. And these are conflicting voices, uh, and they assault our minds and our hearts uh, with messages that are loud, and I believe in my own heart that they attack our beliefs and our values and our loyalties. And my friends, the question is, uh, what voice have you become accustomed to hearing now? And uh, which one is influencing you? Today, one hears the voices of extremism throughout the whole world and from different sides and holding different viewpoints, the sounds of things that are terrifying, uh, people putting forth uh, their right reasons for doing things that are atrocious. And uh, one only has to look now to the east and then now into the continent of Africa where there is great uh, bloodshed and fighting going on. And uh, my friends, within our own, uh, more close to home, are the sounds of amoral things going on. And we hear this in music and we hear this uh, in all the social platforms that are put forth. And for me, I have no problem with advancement, and I don't even have problem with progressive things. But some of the progressive thoughts that are being indoctrinated into our society, there is something wrong with it. And my friends, um, uh, even within the church, uh, there are voices uh, that create scandal and um, never expected before, and even worse, those who seek to capitalize on these scandals. And uh, these are very powerful voices, and they are loud, and they are unrelenting. And uh, my friends, uh, certainly, as I said, uh, uh, we would know them, uh, we would hear them on all different types of medias, but in particular, uh, the formats today that our youth are, have access to, um, the social media of our times, um, it is loud. And this morning, I shouldn't put on the news, but I got up and I put on the news, and one of the first things that came forward was that our government uh, was going to put limits now on the social media companies because they've kind of admitted that they have algorithms that target the youth in a particular way. And I know at the last math, one or two people roll their eyes, and I'm like, you should know this. You're a parent. But... Uh, our government, who, I'm like, are they doing this because they don't want any competition? <laughs> or are they doing it because they actually morally think this is wrong? 
that these new techniques of AI and algorithms are putting forth particular teachings and drawing and making themselves very, very friendly. And uh, my friends, uh, the truth of the matter, these voices, uh, these type of voices have been around for a while. That's why Jesus way back then is saying, they hear my voice, because even in Jesus' time, there were other voices. Now, he was talking about the Pharisees. You guys are a bunch of robbers. Uh, and he goes, you come and you want to destroy. You don't want to add life to anyone. And uh, today, however, they are especially loud and pervasive because they are amplified through ways that uh, are amazing to us. And my friends, they can be destructive in very small ways, just beginning to erode things within uh, our society, um, but they can be great also in the sense that they actually attack uh, solid values and morals. And my friends, and of late, uh, one of the things, just very quickly, um, people of faith are under attack, and uh, I can discuss, and we can have debates about why that is, but um, people of faith are not liked, and their values are not liked, and my friends, uh, you know, the latest assault, I believe, on our minds, our hearts, it comes from how governments want to formate your children, your teens, your little ones, and indoctrinate them uh, on certain matters. And you know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry, but um, you cannot equate the changing of one's biological makeup as if you can change your hair color and that they're the same thing. They are not. It is dangerous and harmful. You have to be very, very careful with these things, but yet this is the progressive thought that is being put forth. And my friends, what's even worse is that for some, these thoughts and the backing behind it would be to take responsibility away and decisions from parents. We will hide this from you. Is this okay with you guys? I don't have any children. I have you, yeah, you're, I'm your shepherd. But you see what I'm getting at? Uh, and that's why last Mass, I didn't understand why one or two people rolled their eyes. I'm like, what? see, you are already following that voice. They made you friends with them. And uh, my friends, this is, a, this, is a, a, this type of thought and idea uh, undermines the natural authority of parents. And an, it's just another societal attack that destroys the image of God that all people have. They are all sons and daughters of the living God. And uh, my friends, um, this is the way it is destructive, uh, what appears to be small, but it is very huge. And, uh, but my friends, here, in the middle of all this, in the middle of all this chatter, all this noise, and all these other voices, there is the voice of the Good Shepherd, speaking to everyone, if their hearts and minds would just open. And uh, our Lord speaks to us through His Word and Scriptures, through His churches, through the ministers who preach, but also through the very actions of Christians. And that's why this is really important that Christians not act in hypocritical ways and not to act with hatefulness in their hearts because this will turn down the volume on society and people who are looking, especially people who are wounded already and looking for fullness of life. 
The voice of Christ calls us to a deeper, more spiritual, productive life. The Lord calls us to live in dignity, um, in the image of God in which each one of us are created, every human person. And uh, the question is not about have these voices existed and uh, not if these voices are speaking or whether they should be there. We can't argue about that anymore. They're there. They've been there always. I think rather, um, what voices are you listening to? What is the one that has become familiar that you are following, that you will follow, that you will trust? What is filling, because that voice, whatever one you're following, is going to fill your hearts and your minds. It is going to guide your decisions. Which voices are really guiding your life then? We may see in the events of the most recent past uh, within our world and our society as a call to renewal of humanity, uh, of kindness and love and mercy, and uh, a renewal within our own church out of the tragic events of scandals and disunity and pandemics. And I'm not just talking about COVID. There are other types of pandemics that are destructive to our minds and hearts. All of this, what can result from it is our turning back to Christ and listening to him and understanding. The most visible sign is when we live the gospel and take it to every place we go. All disciples, not just the priesthood, I mean the, the ordained, we must do what we can to amplify the voice of Christ. And one of the ways to do that is one of the most oldest. Actions speak louder than words. To start living that joy, to start living that mercy, to start living that forgiveness, and not to act in hatred. And certainly don't be hypocrites. This works against us. And plus, Jesus doesn't like it. <laughs> he said he didn't like it. <laughs> it's in the scriptures. In the middle of all the crises that we face today, we can, first of all, follow the voice of Jesus, the good shepherd in our life, as it comes to us through uh, his teachings. And finally, we can pray for each other uh, that we will be fortified and grow into strong Christians and to remain faithful to the Lord in all things. In the middle of so many voices and loudness. We need to do what we can to turn up the volume, so to speak, and to amplify his message of love. Each one of us, our society and our world, needs to hear the master's voice and to become familiar with it so that even in the midst of all these others, we recognize it and will follow. This is of great importance for Jesus, said that there is only one way now, me. And uh, it is only believing in him as the one uh, and his voice and his authority, that one has this fullness of life. And my friends, um, the other piece, Jesus says something in the gospel. He makes a reference. He says, I am the gate. And people are like, oh, Father, you don't need to explain the gate. Yeah, I do. Because the way we understand gate and the way they understand gate is different. And all of you know this and live this. I was away for the weekend, and I, uh, one of the things... I heard young people talking about was how sick, oh, that's how sick. And I was like, now, you know that they mean that's so cool. That's great. But, you know, when we say that's sick, we think it's awful and terrible. You see, words and meanings in their time mean something. They also, I saw a group 
uh, uh, young, like 18 to 21-year-olds, and they re I recognized them as Christians because they were wearing a T-shirt that told me so. And I went over and I told them, hey, um, my name is uh, Father Mark, and I'm a, a Catholic priest, and I knew they're Protestant. So I said, my, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I have a personal relationship with them. And you can see, ah. <laughs> and I... Uh, and I, I, I thank them for being an example. You know, because in our world, and it happens every time period, uh, back way back in the 60s and 70s, remember? Uh, no, the kids won't, but keeping up with the Joneses, you remember what that meant? You wanted to be like them. You wanted to be influenced by them, what they had. If they had a red door, you want a red door. If they had a green door, you want a green door. Today we have those, what people call role models and icons and heroes. Today... They're called influencers, and they make a lot of money influencing people, telling them, here's the abundant life if you buy this. You'll have the abundant life, and you'll be cool if you do this. It's sick if you do this, <laughs> right? <laughs> and in the midst of everything, here are these young people. And I used a word that I thought was funny, and their faces got really white, and they were like, you don't want to use that word, Reverend. And I said, no. And they wouldn't even say what it meant. They put it on a piece of paper. They wrote it. And I looked at it, and I was like, good God Almighty, when did it start meaning that? I said, so I'm not going to say that word anymore, use that expression anymore, because it means something different. And here's the danger of our vernacular and our slang when we don't understand and we do not know. But my friends, Jesus in Jesus' time, gate had a, yes, it meant a, a passageway. But in Jesus' time, gate was the entrance to a city. And in that city, you found food and protection and security and family and friendship. Are you getting now with Jesus? And are you like, no, he just meant he was the, uh, a gate, a metal gate. No, no, no. That's not what he meant when he said, I am the gate. Now you're getting to understand um, also, in ancient times, um, the gates were places where people met and gossiped too. I'm going to be a put it out there. They hung out like the water cooler thing. And uh, it was also places where they conducted business at the gates. It is also, according to Old Testament, Old Testament times, the gates were where they conducted legal affairs, court cases. You see, Jesus' people knew this. So when he said, I am the gate, what was he saying he was saying, I have everything that you need. That's why he said at the end of the gospel, you will have life and more abundantly if you walk through me. And uh, so Jesus, when he says, I am the gate, and I open it, he says, I have everything you need, spiritually, security, uh, what you need. And more than that, he will lay down his life for us. And then he will become the gate that we walk through to have eternal life, but even now in this time to have a life more abundant. So my friends, the question is, what gate are you looking at? What gate are you attempting to walk through? Because just like, as I said, there are many voices in this world, there are also different types of gates in our time. And they are putting themselves forward and saying, come here, come on, come on. Jesus is the one and the only gate. Which one are you looking at? 
Which one are you attempting to walk through? And as Jesus said, don't attempt to climb over the, the fence the other way. No shortcuts. <laughs> that would be me. You really, priest, don't be trying no shortcuts. Just come through the main gate where I'm at, uh, where you will have fullness of life and you will have joy. Even if this world should strike a blow against you, shall you have abundancy with me. My friends, what voice are you listening to? Who is influencing you? Who are you influencing? And how are you doing that? These are your questions to reflect upon and answer. And my friends, uh, those young people that were downtown, what were they doing? They were going into downtown Seattle to stand on the corner and to talk about Jesus. Just to talk. Good thing. Good example of, of I think, a hero uh, in these days. My friends, please, I do not take lightly anything I put in my homily nor do I take lightly those who are struggling and hurt because there are many anomalies in this world and abbreviations and we must help those who struggle, who hurt. And we do so not with hatred and condemnation, but with compassion and love and understanding. And we do so with great reverence with them to help them as Jesus has taught us to do. Amen?